0: Hello everyone, just wanted to jump in and I will probably every episode this month to remind you that the annual charity drive is happening right now on RPG Crossing. If you can donate, please do so. If you can't and you still want a year of community supporter, I am also going to use this very special time of giving to give as well. But first, you gotta give me something. So, I am offering a free year of community supporter to one person who goes and leaves a review on iTunes or wherever else you can leave a review for podcasts. If it's not on iTunes though, please send me a DM on the site, but I will look at all the people who have left reviews throughout the month of December, and I will choose one of them to receive a free year and they can do whatever they want with it at that point. So Go out and donate to the Community Supporter membership drive, membership and charity drive, and leave us podcast reviews if you want a chance at your own year. And you can use it for yourself, you can give it to someone else, you can give it back to me. Whatever you want to do with it is totally fine, but I am just putting that out there using this time of giving to support the site and my podcast. So let's get to it.
1: Anticlimax.
0: Well... <laughs> This is a silky smooth, right on task, straight to the point podcast. So how you doing, King Monkey?
1: Well, I'm glad you ask. You know, the other day I was going to make some pasta for my kids and I, I thought to myself, what's a simple way to keep pasta exciting? Because pasta can be a lot of things, but oftentimes it does become a boring and belabored meal if it's just prepared uh, arbitrarily. So, I thought to myself, what's a way I can take a simple dish and just liven it up? So, I, when I was at the grocery store, I bought some of the black spaghetti. It's the kind of spaghetti that's actually uh, colored with squid ink, funny enough. What? So, yeah, you can buy it at the grocery store. It does tend to have a slight uh, seafood-y odor to it, but the flavor is pretty much unchanged, and the pasta is, of course, black, just completely jet black. So I made some of that and I I sauteed up some uh, chopped onions and some garlic and uh, just opened up a can of stewed tomatoes, drained it, and then put the tomatoes in there, mixed it with the pasta. Very simple meal uh, and it was pretty well received. So I feel there's a lesson in there uh, where sometimes when meals get boring, there are simple techniques that you can use to liven them up. And I don't know if that applies in any other field of life. But I don't think so. It just, you asked me how I'm doing, and that's the lesson that resonates with me. Black pasta. And thank you.
0: You, you, I think Black you taught pasta. us all something. Mm-hmm. Me, specifically, you taught to never ho- ask you questions again, because that was so awful. Oh.
1: It was delicious, though.
0: I don't know why I thought that was a good idea.
1: <laughs> I certainly have not <laughs> led you to believe that you would get any kind of quality answers out of me. So really, that is on you.
0: Fair enough. It it is 100% on me. I I brought that upon myself, and we are all the lesser for it. So, let's move right into our random verb, because I have lost the will to live. And, conveniently enough, your random verb of the week sponsored by It's a Verb, Mm -hmm. is Persist.
1: Persist. Edric the Bard persisted as a consistent feature of weekly It's a Verb challenges.
0: Except the times he was not.
1: (laughs) I don't recall any such times when he was not.
0: Uh, I recall times, but I don't remember if he made an appearance in November or not. So I can't tell you if it was last month or or two months ago. time is weird time is weird isn't it? time is a construct that somehow still exists even without us perceiving it yeah I
1: guess I mean I have a clock so it moves <laughs> whether I'm looking at it or not
0: <laughs> but does it or does it your act of looking at it cause it to be where it should be No, nah, it moves on it's own
1: it's got a battery it does
0: the <laughs> if a tree falls in the forest does anybody even care
1: presumably uh probably someone who cares i mean which tree was it like a really rude belligerent tree someone would probably care about that because then they'd have one less thing to worry about
0: maybe it was a a tree that had been transplanted from a pot into the forest like maybe a a pot carried by like a gnomish or halfling druid i can't remember which one he was Halfling. he was a halfling <laughs> And, and you know, just a little bonsai tree that he thought, oh, maybe it'll grow into a big tree if I put it in a big por- forest.
1: And then it grew into a redwood.
0: <laughs> and then it fell over, and nobody was there to mourn it.
1: The druids. Yeah, so I guess there's your answer. If a tree falls in the forest, does anyone care? Druids.
0: Ah, oh, druids. Yeah. They ruin everything. But my waveforms do look pretty good right now.
1: I was gonna say, you <laughs> got a really nice waveform there. I was
0: Mm, yeah. I only I tweaked it up a little bit, and they look pretty good. So, why don't you tell the folks what we're talking about this month, since it was your idea.
1: I had an idea, but I don't know that that's what we're doing. I was thinking, uh, last time we were discussing what to record, and couldn't come up with a specific thing to discuss, and so we kind of fell upon the idea of, well, why not discuss that? Because everyone gets to a point where they just have writer's block and can't figure out, what uh what to to produce what to post what to create or something we all run out of inspiration or run into challenges or run out of energy that saps our imagination so we figured yeah let's let's talk let's address that let's address that it's a serious issue
0: it is and we've touched on it here or there but usually in the context of okay you're a player when you run into writer's block how do you how do you approach that and i feel like we can benefit more from breaking writer's block specifically down into the aspects of it on play by post. So we're going to cover PC application writer's block because I mean, I don't know about any of you, but sometimes I see a game. I'm like, that's awesome. I want to play in that game, but I have so much trouble getting a character together or I have the character. I just can't put into words that character. So we're going to hopefully, Talk a little bit about that process. We'll do the flip side. If you want to run a game or you see a character that, you know, could use a game home or you you have a game that's awesome and you want to run it, but you, you're not sure where to start. We'll talk about that kind of game writer's block, uh, game apps. So two episodes on game apps from the PC and the GM perspective, right. and then actually being in the game, being a player and trying to make a post when you run into writer's block, either to progress the story, to make your combat post interesting, to any of that stuff, interact with other players from the PC side and from the GM side when you're trying to move the game forward without taking player agency away and all that kind of stuff. So we're just going to we're going to hit writer's block in four different discrete chunks. These episodes may not be super long, but it's also the holiday season when this is coming out. So maybe you don't need as much distraction or maybe you don't have as much time.
1: Or frankly, maybe you need more distraction. In which case, I'm sorry that we're not, we're not helping in that situation.
0: In which case, go back and listen to the other 40 episodes that are out.
1: Yeah, for sure. As always, (laughs) I'm sure you can get some use out of listening to us ramble on a second time. And,
0: and if you don't want to listen to us again, then there's an awesome podcast called Cinematic Sagas that just wrapped up its first season that I highly recommend checking out. What? They Never heard of They are pretty awesome. Never you heard can find them anywhere your podcast is hosted. And if not, send me a PM on the site and I can help you find it. I, I'm a big fan. <laughs> yeah.
1: I actually, I did listen to an episode and I got to say, the, one of the hosts sounds a lot like you. Oh, a very interesting. Similar yeah. Her name's Beth, I think.
0: Okay, cool.
1: Sounds a lot like you.
0: Weird. That's that's weird. Yeah. I have a friend named Beth who sounds nothing like me, so it's really weird that like all these (laughs) This is like six degrees of Kevin Bacon.
1: Six degrees of Simi. Sim degrees of separation.
0: (laughs) That's a horrible thing.
1: It's terrible.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So why don't you lead off here? I'm going to make you do a lot of this work. Oh, my God. Because it was your idea. All right. All right, so what's
1: PCs PC apps Writer Block? Yeah, Writer Block. All right, so let's sort of look at it as you would uh, experience it on the site when you're what probably looking around for games that are being offered and thinking maybe I'd like to join one of these here games and see one you like and then nothing happens. Suddenly, nothing happens. You go to enter uh, your post, but then your fingers stop and your brain either spins in place or grinds to a halt entirely and you just have no idea what you can contribute or no idea what about it appeals to you or no idea what you can do that's different than you've already done depending on the depending on the goals of playing uh, you may just not be able to properly realize what it is that you're hoping to accomplish or what you want to experience now it's pretty normal, because um, honestly, everyone's going to go through it at one point or another. And it's, of course, it's something that's not exclusive to to role playing. It's, I think, any in any endeavor that involves creation, any kind of artistic or uh, creative endeavor, you're going to run into a point where you're just not sure how to proceed. Maybe you haven't achieved in the past the things you want to, and you're feeling, uh, what's the word? sort of a disappointment or a sense of hopelessness, or maybe you're frustrated because you can't quite shape the thing that you want to, to see. And Simi has the answer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I was waiting Whoa. for you. I'm like, with all of that, I'm like, he's going to throw it to me yeah, and say yeah. he's got the answer.
1: No, of course. Well, that's the thing there. It's, it's one of those things that there really, there are a lot of answers. Normally we say there's no right answer to, you know, a lot of the things that we talk about. As in, uh, other no than the stuff that we present. Uh, sure.
0: There's no right answer other than what we say. Let's let's make sure that's clear.
1: Sure. But the truth is, when you're dealing with writer's block, because it is a historical issue that writers and artists have dealt with throughout human history, there are a lot of ways to deal with it. So, uh, well, how about I will, t- I will spin it over to you, though. I'm going to ask you, what was the most recent... Um, kind of block that you had when you were applying for a game. And then we'll see if we can figure out how to address that particular kind of block.
0: Well, my most recent block, hmm, okay, there was a game, and it was a higher-level game. I can't remember what game it was. I'm sure there are some people who are listening who know exactly what game I'm talking about. And I was really interested in playing. And I had a character that I thought, oh, I could use this guy because I'm not going to get many opportunities to play him at a high level. Okay. And so I thought, well, let me see if I can come up with something original first. So I had something as a backup, as a fallback, but I wanted to try and come up with something original and I knew I had some elements I wanted to play with. Like I've always wanted to play there's a there's a variant of the druid where you can you get don't get an animal companion mm-hmm. or domains but instead you can, you basically make herbal remedies that are free potions you can make each day. Home and I'm
1: Homeopath like, druid. <laughs> Let me tell you about essential oils.
0: <laughs> well, yes, but it, their homeopathy actually works.
1: Sure. hey That's where the fantasy comes in. Sure.
0: <laughs> but for whatever reason, it's been very hard for me to find an idea that I just absolutely love using that framework. And so I ended up trying a lot of different things and being unhappy with it. But since I already had a backup with a pretty already put together character, it took some of the pressure off of me to, you know, come up with that or have nothing.
1: Okay, I'm just going to give you a little bit of a heads up right now. My cat is sitting on top of the computer and her paw is right next to the power button. So I'm just shielding that. If you hear me (laughs) getting distracted or shooing someone, it's
0: probably not you. (laughs) <laughs> Probably, but and not if, necessarily And if
1: I suddenly stop recording Then we have a cat to blame
0: Yeah, maybe that's what happened last time Because I thought you said something about your cat <laughs> The last one <laughs> So watch that space bar And keep, maybe maybe minimize audacity <laughs> She's watching me She's watching me <laughs> I'm waiting until you start talking, boy And no. then I'm going to stop you no. hey,
1: Okay, that's what I'm talking about Don't touch that Just scoot back a little bit <laughs>
0: Well, you you clearly have marked what you don't want them to do now, and that's all they want to do.
1: It's okay. She's she's tucked her hands underneath her. I think she's gonna probably fall asleep there now. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, you were talking about your uh, your herbal remedy and uh, druid.
0: Yeah. Well, and what I ended up I, I ended up not having an idea that I felt I could make work, and so I had. So in this case, my tool for overcoming writer's block was I had a second idea that I already knew. I could flesh out more. Sure. So, so writer's block isn't always a get over it and make it work or not thing. You can have you can overcome writer's block by having a different path to follow completely.
1: Yeah. Go back to uh, something you've done before and then sort of retread from there.
0: Yeah, I think if you're gonna, one of the ways I've always liked to overcome writer's block, especially when it comes to game ads. Is finding a character that I've played before or that I wanted to play before and that either didn't see enough game time or didn't make it past the application process. Yeah. And then I look at that and I think, okay, how do I make them new and interesting? So it gives me a framework that I can use any bit of it any way I like. Yeah. But I also am free to create new in any place. So if I have a character who was all about you know, destroying magic, the reason he may come to that in this other game is completely different than the the old one. Or maybe the reason he comes to his endpoint is the same, but he comes to a different conclusion. So it's it's playing around with swapping out different pieces of it. It's kind of like when you play a, a video game where you... Play with, oh, I want to try this bonus here. I'm going to try this item here. I'm going to try this thing. Yeah. Try yeah. this spell. You're, you're kind of testing the waters to see what is optimal. And in this case, it's optimal for your brain to make things flow. Well, yeah, and that,
1: that's, uh, I was going to say that it's funny because I know you tend to approach a lot of these things from the more mechanical side, whereas I tend to come at it from the more story side. Because um, uh, I think the last one that I had a moment of uh, block for. I was invited to, um, invited to a D&D game, and I actually did the same thing as you. Um, I couldn't think of something specific that would fit. So what I did is I actually went back to an old character that also did not get a lot of playtime, who specifically did not fit in what was now being asked for. Mm. Um, and I basically tried to find a way to reflavor that character in such a way that... Not that it would fit, because, I mean, it's a Planescape game. So, you know, what's acceptable is a pretty broad range, right? Right. But the idea is that this character is science fiction. This character is pure science fiction, just reflavoring the mechanics of of an existing druid as well. Um, So, yeah, I did the same thing, where instead of trying to find something that was mechanically uh, challenging or different or unique, I tried to find a way to reuse a character that story-wise was um, not anachronistic, but uh, uh, counterintuitive, a science Mm. fiction druid, a technology druid, you know?
0: I think that's one of the techniques that we have routinely come back to. It's sort of like communication on this podcast. One of the techniques we always seem to come back to is apply limitations to a thing and then try and make it work because – It forces your mind to try new paths. It's sort of like when you're studying. You know, a lot of people default to, I'm going to read this word 10 times and try and memorize it, but that's actually the least efficient way to do it. You have to create multiple paths in your brain to access that information, so that way if one is blocked off, you can take a detour. It's a similar thing with placing limitations on your character, even if they're just something you create yourself, in that... In the moment you do that, you force your brain to make a detour and go through areas it may not have before. And so you start pulling out different associations. You come at it from a different angle.
1: Yeah. And it's also worth noting that it's not specifically to try and create a show-off standout character either. Because, um, you know, we've I've talked before about the idea of the racial campaign where everyone's a dwarf and then one person comes in and says, yeah, cool, can I play a halfling? It's not specifically that you want to do something that's disruptive, but in order to be... Yeah, like, limitations is a good way, because if you, if there's no limitations on what you can do, then there's no challenge in creating something. It's like a Hollywood big-budget movie. When you have tens of millions of dollars to spend on your CGI, then because you have every tool and you use every tool, none of them are special, whereas movies that have limited budgets... Have to find ways to make what they have work. And that usually ends up being more satisfying on a technical or narrative level because you can't just throw millions of dollars at the problem and have it go away.
0: So we can apply this even into an idea where you don't have a character concept already. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. one way you can overcome writer's block in a game ad or if you want to make a character is to reflavor or repurpose an old character. Another way is to set an arbitrary limit or a randomized element to it. So if we've talked about in the world building about all the different tools you can go to to find for characters, NPC generators, all that kind of stuff, using those things to create limits around the character you're going to make will help. I, I personally used to, when I was applying to a butt ton of games regularly, I actually created a table That I would roll on to determine what class I would play, what archetype or archetypes they would use, and then randomly determine stats in in various ways. So that way I could have some preset limits in place. And it sparked my creativity sometimes. Yeah, I can see that. Because you have that natural limit. Okay, I have to find a character who's XYZ, but... They are not the best at what they should be good at. So why is it like that? How do they make themselves still effective? Because if you're a PC in a game and you're not effective, you're not only hurting your experience, you're hurting everyone else's experience.
1: You can be, for sure.
0: Yeah. And that's not to say you have to min-max everything. Right. But I, I was just having this talk on the Discord the other day, but there is a lot of math that goes into many of the very most popular games to balance them around very specific things. So if you're not meeting those and you're in a certain role, you're throwing off the game mechanics. And a good GM can help roll with that, but if everyone else is balanced up there, you're going to throw stuff off. So it's a matter of mixing those two factors, putting limits on, but not limiting just to limit, limiting to tell a better story and to come about things in a new way
1: you know as you're mentioning that uh the table with the two to randomize it actually made me think of uh uh i know you're a fan of Drafy as well uh like i am and one thing that i always find impressive is when they specifically set out to do something they're not comfortable with because sometimes you get bored with what you are comfortable with and so what they do is they will take uh there it's a, a sort of an uh, drawing or art-based uh, YouTube series. Right. Um, so what they'll do is they will take a style or a subject matter that is completely out of their comfort, era, comfort zone and they will force themselves to create something in that new style. And I'm thinking that's kind of along the same idea where you're doing it with a random element. But what if you specifically went out to choose the character class or combination that you like the least? What if dragonborn are your least interesting characters uh, or race or something like that or what if you absolutely hate street samurai in shadow run or jedi what if that's the thing that you are the least comfortable with or like the least try try doing that try doing that thing that is the least comfortable or the least familiar and find a you know sort of find a way into that like maybe you don't like playing a bard so what is it about that? Try, try coming up with a bard that you would like. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and, and like we did in our, our world-building podcast, and like I'm sure we'll say throughout most of these weeks, don't treat anything as too precious to get rid of. Don't treat anything as gospel until you're actually playing the game with the character. Because being open to new ideas or to changing tactics is so important to overcoming writer's block, I think. Yeah. It's when you get too caught up on this idea is what has to be it has to be the core of what I'm doing.
1: Yeah. That's like
0: almost always the thing that's stopping you. Because exactly. your it's, brain it's is fixated. Your.
1: Right. You've put a you've put a, a speed limit on your creativity. Like right. if you've decided that your your starship pilot is a warrior poet and that's the thing that you want is a, a spacefaring warrior poet but then it's just not working. You can't make it function in the way you like. It's not comfortable. You don't whatever about it. Maybe that's the part that you don't like. Maybe in discovering this character's backstory, you found that he's actually, I don't know, like a a skilled merchant, and that should be the focus. Like, look at the elements that you've created, see which parts work the best uh, thematically or mechanically, and maybe abandon the parts that... You really, really wanted, but just aren't working. In favor of these of this new avenue of exploration.
0: So so far, we've got repurposing an old character, repurpose, reflavor. We've got use random generators, and I think another good tactic to use is to build the people around your character. Now that can be as much as what are their mom and dad like? What are their siblings like? An important person in their life. Can usually really help you find your character, or you might def- you might figure out, and this is how I got to this one now, you might actually figure out the character you've been building is the best friend, or the love interest, or the parent to the character you really want to build, or you're really inspired by. Like in King Monkey's example, maybe you are just you you love this warrior poet starfighter pilot idea, and. You just can't let it go. And you're like, well, it's got to be these, but you can't get the whole story. Maybe that's because they're not the focus. Maybe the person that they're telling all these stories about is the focus. So you still get your warrior poet starfighter pilot, but it's the person that they're following that is the person that you're going to play. And so you can then use the warrior poet thing. But have a character who doesn't have to embody that themselves. Because remember, characters don't exist in a vacuum and never should. Right.
1: No, no. That, actually, a character that exists in a vacuum would be the hardest one to play. Yeah. Then again, <laughs> then again, now that I'm talking about, because my idea of going for what's least comfortable, what if your character literally is from a vacuum, like someone who absolutely had no one around? Like a Hoover? Uh, a recluse or uh, a, a, an itinerant wanderer, someone who has no one around. Yeah, so I mean, even that, like, you know, yeah, absolutely. Try and find a way to build up around, and then see if one of the people around is the thing. Because, yeah, honestly, I think one of the biggest problems with writer's block is trying to force an issue or mm-hmm. trying to force it. That and yeah, uh, the, uh, the other thing is just like the simpler, less specific to play-by-post ones, is take a break. Stop trying.
0: Oh, yeah. Do something else is another easy one to do, because a lot of times we get so caught up in our brain, we we fixate, as we said is already bad, or we're trying to force an idea. And if you really don't want to let an idea go, the best thing you can do is walk away, do something else for a time. Play a game, read a book, watch a movie, because... We take inspiration from everything around us all the time. And if an idea is sitting at the back of your mind, you're not actively thinking about it, but you're watching a different thing, you might be, you might suddenly just look up and go, holy crap, that's it. And when inspiration hits, go do that. Exactly.
1: Jot down a note on the idea that you originally had, and then just walk away, free yourself from that burden momentarily, and then Mm -hmm. just see what arises to take its place listen to a song, go for a walk. I mean, any number of writers blogs will have probably dozens to hundreds of techniques, right? Oh yeah. And it's it's almost all of them sort of boil down psychologically to just stepping away, dissociating yourself or distancing yourself from the thing that you are trying to do. And then you can sort of eventually come come back around to that item from another angle. Uh, possibly yielding a new perspective on how to get there. you know.
0: Oh yeah. Finding, finding the more areas of your brain you can engage every time will be better for you and an easier process because it's how our brains learn. It's how we interact with the world. And the more you can access and mix in there, the the better the final product is going to be because just like your character shouldn't exist in a vacuum, you shouldn't create in a vacuum
1: yeah exactly uh and also on that note because you are looking at the other players who are also applying you can also uh, like just draw inspiration from the other characters there you know Mm -hmm. even you can even engage in conversation with them say i'm interested but i'm having a hard time thinking of what to what a blah blah and then you can actually just look around at the other characters and see which part of their applications are triggering some kind of spark you know communicate with the gm the GM will be probably invested in trying to garner players to come to their game. So, you know, engage in conversation and you maybe they'll have an idea that will sort of echo with the idea that you have or um, shine a new light or uh, reveal a different facet of an idea that you've got percolating, right?
0: Oh, definitely. And, and I actually had a short-lived Mutants and Masterminds game I played in. And I had the character all figured out. Everything was good. We got to go play. And someone was like, hey, does anybody want to have a pre-existing relationship with my character? And I started talking with them. And we ended up deciding that our characters had dated just very newly dated. So they were like fresh boyfriend and girlfriend. And what it ended up working out wonderfully as, I had never envisioned this character as having a girlfriend. And yet at the first meeting where we were all together, like my dude looks just like a normal scrawny person and it created an awesome moment where the girlfriend was like, hey, you know, show them what you can do. You're you've got a lot because my guy was insecure and bashful and, you know, he saw everyone else looking real flashy and strong and he has a lot of power, but he doesn't think of it that way. And so then with that encouragement, he shows off a little bit. And it created this awesome moment where a lot of the other characters were like, holy crap, this is great.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Actually, it's funny because I also had an issue with Mutants and Mastermind. Uh, I've only played it once and it was brief. Um, But when I was trying to, when I was applying, because I was invited to that one, I was like trying to think of a way. I wanted to keep the character very simple and traditional in terms of superhero, you know, flying, indestructible, not necessarily massively strong but someone who's like a human bullet of sorts, right? Find a problem, hurl me at it. Um, (laughs) That was the idea I had, but it wasn't... I like the idea because I I had been reading a lot of Golden Age comics at the time, but I couldn't find a way to make it interesting enough that I wanted to explore it. Um, And the GM said, well, we've actually got a few uh, flying bricks to begin with, but we don't have any speedster or teleporters. And I started thinking, okay, well, that doesn't necessarily fit in with what I want. But then I started looking around, and I came up with the idea. Um, he was saying maybe someone with telekinesis. And I was thinking, yeah, okay. Well. But it sparked an idea. And I ended up creating a super speedster with telekinesis whose range was limited to touch. Because you can you know, take uh, limitations mm-hmm. in order to increase the number of points you have to spend by by reducing telekinesis to touch range, you get a massive boost to the number of points you can use. Right, But then once you have so many points in speed that this person's going 10,000 miles an hour, suddenly getting into touch range with any given thing is not difficult. <laughs> and it created this whole sort of uh, cascade of ideas that, you know, how it came about and this and that. And it was something that I had not set out to create, but in being denied the initial idea, I found something that was far more engaging to play.
0: Yeah, I mean, there there are so many ways to come out, come up to an idea, and I want to, I want to even go back to something you said earlier, which is that you know when I create, sometimes I can focus on the mechanical, whereas you can more focus on role play, and. I can I can definitely say yeah that's obviously true. If you've listened to this podcast, you know that's true. I I love the mechanics of the systems a lot, and sometimes the way a an ability can be portrayed is what gives me the idea. So like you know, there's a a, a summoner in Pathfinder where you call up an extra plane or creature who's influenced by your mental image of whatever. So that's a lot of role play material.
1: Yeah, it's funny, actually, because I've got I've got the exact reverse thing that happened because normally I have an idea for a character type uh, story wise, but then don't necessarily spend much time thinking about the mechanics of it. And I actually had the reverse uh, inspiration because I had an idea for um, trying to do a multi-class monk, but I wasn't exactly sure. I, I didn't have a real story in mind for it. But then I was looking through, and I came up with the mechanics for a tortle barbarian monk, uh, multi-class, and tortles don't generally appeal to me, Um, and yeah, it just, it it created this whole character concept in my mind built up from the mechanics.
0: Yeah, well, and and what I was going to say was, sometimes the reverse happens. I look at the flavor of something, and that sparks the ideas, because... You know, most of these classes or archetypes or feats, they come with some kind of flavor text. And sometimes you look at that and you're like, that's a really cool idea. I wonder if I could do that with this thing over here. So so sometimes scanning through the mechanics can lead you to an RP-based build. Sometimes scanning through the RP can lead you to a mechanics-based build. And I think as King Monkey just showed it can be very beneficial sometimes to try the exact opposite of what you normally do
1: yeah for sure cuz
0: it puts you in a different headspace it's not something you're used to doing so you're looking with new eyes and as we said the more new stuff you can put into your brain the more it connects with other things and you're going to have more opportunity to overcome writer's block
1: yeah exactly yeah
0: and in the end if if nothing works that's fine try again another day not everything, also not true. writer's block is one of the nice things in that if you can't ultimately overcome it every time, it's not a big, big deal, really. Even if your job is writing, like coming back a few days later at a new idea is no problem because your whole job is to do this. <laughs> There's my, my favorite author, Brandon Sanderson he actually writes other stuff to decompress from his main, you know, series continuities. He does his Stormlight Archive, which are these huge books that he plots as three books, two novellas, and like four or five interstitial interludes. Okay. He, so he plots them out as these massive things. And he does one of them every like three years because they're that, they're that big of a deal for him. But after he finishes one of those, he writes like a short story or he works on another project. He literally does what we're talking about. He changes gears to keep his mind fresh. And if he gets stuck, he, he went to write a follow-up novel for one. And he's like, I had trouble getting back into the headspace. So I jumped ahead, wrote the future book, and then came back and wrote how we got from the previous book to the future book. Because I knew how we were going to do it. I just didn't have all the details figured out.
1: Yeah, I can see that. It's it's wonderful to have that kind of freedom to to create a story in any order. I mean, I guess it's a bit harder for a play-by-post to just suddenly post what's going on in the future. But.
0: Well, yeah, but you, if you think about, okay, well, I think this is where they're headed. Then and, and the idea was more like, think of another aspect and then come back and get yourself there. And if any of you are interested there's a podcast put on by lots of writers. I think it's four or five writers regularly and they have other ones interstitially inter- intermittently. I don't know. And it's called Writing Excuses and they their 12th season or their 11th season, I can't remember. They've done a, they've done a butt ton of seasons, but they they have a a new restart point and they treat it as a writing masterclass. So it's a weekly podcast where they go through talk about various elements they're either doing a book read along or they have like little exercises you can do between weeks. I think it's a very good podcast. I haven't gone back to it lately because I haven't done a lot of extra writing, but I I always it's one of the ones I never get rid of in my podcast podcatcher because I am going to come back to it. But if you need something like that, YouTube writing podcasts, you know, blog posts, other things cuz while we are the best source for information like this, there are other lesser sources you can check as well. Like, people who get paid to write. Yeah, from, you know, from published authors and yeah, fences, you famous know, artists. Sellouts. The, that class of people. Yeah. yeah the the people who have, who have decided that money is more important than art, unlike mm-hmm. us. That's right. We definitely aren't getting paid, right, birched. <laughs> I
1: don't know why I haven't been...
0: any last thoughts on PC apps writing block I have no thoughts at all no one is surprised do you have your dice ready one second Ah. we only do this all the time how do you you not get this right
1: they were all the way on the other side of the desk oh when you reach my age Sometimes trail off in the middle of sentences. I've had three different Uh questions
0: Ah. in the past, like two weeks, about how old you are. People are dying to know. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've narrowed it down. (laughs) I I know approximately the range he's in.
1: (laughs) We've narrowed it down to the era. Yeah. Somewhere between the late Cretaceous and the Anthropocene.
0: I just need to carbon date him one of these days. <laughs> uh. Any kind of dating would be
1: appreciated at this time.
0: Hey-oh! Oh! <laughs> okay. All right, you got some D6s?
1: I got a gold one with black numbers.
0: Nobody and cares. And a sparkly pink one. Oh, you know what I didn't say? No. Adventure! Assemble! <laughs> Adventure!
1: Assemble! Put it together! Oh my cat doesn't like this voice at all! I'm gonna stop because she's gonna hit that power button for sure. <laughs> <laughs> she, Roll two looked e- at me, she looked at me, she was like, you have five seconds.
0: <laughs> you know you need to end this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> end this, or I am you. Hey, six
0: and six. That's water and wild card or settled. Hmm. Oh,
1: settled water, like um, mermaid or some kind of tritons. Hey, is it an underwater adventure?
0: I I'm thinking that's what we go with. All right, water or waves, wild card or settled. Yeah.
1: I <laughs> I just noticed that. that I just noticed that one of my d fours is very deformed. Like the uh, the the point for the four at the top is like rounded off.
0: Oh. You're a cheating cheater. i are going to see. four three two three, three And then go ahead and roll another 2d6 because huh, we throw in the random location, random thingy in there as well.
1: Six and five on the radioactive green and the black one with gold numbers. Well, that says tunnel. Tunnel. Okay. Underwater tunnel coming from that... Oh, that area that was drained. That marshy area that was drained, uh, revealing the aquogers. Uh, this is where the tunnel leads.
0: Now i got to find... The stupid <laughs> Ruins of Adventure doesn't have a underwater area. I've no. I've got river I... and coast, and I've got <laughs> swamp. So what,
1: what, supposed... if, what if this is a river and coast area? Because what I'm thinking of is just sort of like... Um, Long, long expanse of relatively shallow waters where there's occasionally sandbars and that sort of thing. It's a place where uh, sea dwellers like merfolk and uh, sea elves can live alongside uh, the, the the surface worlders. You know hmm. what I mean?
0: Okay, yeah, we'll go there. We'll see. Let me see. Yeah, let's use that.
1: And there's some kind of tunnel that's connected to the thing.
0: Yeah. So, so the the underwater settled area isn't. The area we were at last time, but it's connected by this tunnel.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: Alright, so now I need you to roll a d20 to see what we get on the encounter area.
1: It's the purple one. I don't care. Six, dot.
0: What dot?
1: Yeah. Well, you know the ones where they have a dot at the bottom to show the oh. six versus the nine? So it's six point.
0: But, but that's a wait, wait. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah.
1: I'm getting a lot of sixes, eh? Yeah,
0: that's a lot. <laughs> that's...
1: Six and six and six and six. And six. two sixes.
0: So now I have to go to chart 15, because you rolled that crap.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I roll again. Yep. Five for a vast change of results.
0: Yeah, you've only rolled sixes and fives so far.
1: That's true. <laughs> it's dead man's hand. Hey, if we are playing poker, that'd be okay, though.
0: Did I go to the right one? I don't think I went to the right one. Oh. No, I am supposed to go to 15, because that's Swamp now. The <laughs> okay. other one I was looking at originally. Yeah. <laughs> It wanted us to do both. Apparently,
1: well, there you go. Yeah, so we got a five.
0: Okay, now roll again because I have to go to chart fourteen.
1: <laughs> of course you do. Seventeen.
0: Okay, man, I was looking. I was hoping you'd roll this on on the first chart. So we're just gonna go with that because this you just rolled troll, but on the first chart Four. there was a marine troll, and I'm like, why oh. don't we just have that? Well,
1: sure. I mean, makes sense. I guess it's a marine troll.
0: Yeah, I'll have to look up what a marine troll was back then. Yeah,
1: second edition stuff is crazy.
0: Actually, I, I know oh, there's first. A, sorry, that's
1: first edition. What
0: yeah. is it? It's marrow, marrows, and Pathfinder, which were the aquatic trolls. So I have a general idea, but yeah. So now, now what we got to decide though is this a settlement of marine trolls, or is this a settlement of like merfolk or aquatic folk? And they are being threatened by marine trolls.
1: You know what I think I think what we have here is a settlement that is both surface worlders and undersea dwellers in, because they've got a unique situation where they're both able to live side by side quite easily. And so they've you know they've created a crossroads kind of town uh, where they can trade with one another. And when those tunnels were purged, by the uh, the evil elves mucking about.
0: You know how that turn- tunnel got purged? That tunnel got purged in the... trying to fix the draining of the, the that hole. So when whatever we did, whatever they did to fix the draining, this, it activated this emergency purge thing, which allowed the water to fill it back up. And that's how this tunnel opened back up. Okay, so now continue.
1: Thing is, it wasn't just Aquogers living in those tunnels. They were living in the sort of constructed area, uh, yeah. but in these sort of cast-off areas, in the little uh, dog legs and dead-end paths and little drainage gullies, that's where uh, some of the other creatures of the of the sea were lingering and lurking about, scavenging off the detritus of the Aquodur civilization, such as it is. And among them, apparently a marine troll.
0: So what we kind of have here is we kind of have a, a Dune-esque type area where... Like these aquatic ogres are really like the I can't remember what they were called the the Fremen. people who, yes the, like the Fremen where they're constantly living under threat, mm-hmm. yeah and and so they've developed kind of a a way to co cooperatively living with some of the life but some of it is still always threatening them like these aquatic trolls right and so like when things got drained that was a huge change that created a problem. And now this new path to a rich and fertile hunting ground for these aquatic trolls has opened up. And yeah. it's kind of injected chaos into what was a very stable area.
1: Yeah. with the okay. uh, So you have the merfolk or, or sea elves or what have you. And now uh, they've got the, the marine troll. Marine trolls tend to be pretty voracious and monstrous. Um, so... I don't know if it's directly attacking them or anything yet, but suddenly there is a creature or creatures nearby which could potentially pose a threat.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think maybe, and we'll see how this changes when we go and do future installments, but I think maybe what's happening right now is some people in both camps are going missing, but okay. it's only a few people so far because only a, a one or two of these water trolls have made it over.
1: Yeah, so what you have is the people who go off and fish in that
0: area, or yeah, uh, like a fisherman doesn't come back. One of the normal traders in the water doesn't return for their you know regularly scheduled appointment. Maybe a, a turtle person is found like torn apart, just looks like maybe <laughs> yeah, maybe just looks like oh well, a shark must have gotten them. Like mm-hmm. it's enough that people are starting to go hmm, this is interesting, but not yeah, so much that. It could be it has to be more than just a string of bad luck. Because yeah. when you're dealing with the water, yeah, there's a lot
1: Yeah, yeah. It's people a, who it's live a in the sea trap. recognize that when you <laughs> live in the ocean, you recognize that you live in the food chain.
0: What yeah, we're saying here is it's people sort of thing, but... who go on the water or under the water are just begging for death. Pretty much.
1: They're certainly flaunting it. They're certainly shaking their tail feathers in the ocean's face. And one of these days Poseidon is gonna be Oh yeah? Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Try it and see what happens.
0: That's the last six-pack ring you can throw! So we'll see how that all plays out. Let me type this down.
1: Just type in just type in Marine Troll and assume that we'll remember exactly what that meant. The cat's asleep with her paw right next to the power button.
0: Really not even sleeping, just trying to lull you into a false sense of security. But,
1: yeah, at least suspected it.
0: Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well. But Munch I think she's adorable. That's all we've got this week. We'll be back next week with the GM side of this, which is yeah. going to be a lot more delving into world building. We've touched on mm-hmm. a lot of it, so it probably will be shorter, but it's going to be hopefully focused in a little bit more on writer's block with regards to the ad process. But all right. Until then, we done. We done. Goodbye.
1: Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. One night only. People expect a certain degree of professionalism from it.